Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. We're going to get into the Word of God, but before we do, can we just pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to worship. My, how good it's been to lift up these songs of gratefulness to you. And you have given us so much to be grateful for and to sing about. We thank you, Lord, that we thank you, Lord, that the word that we receive today will cause us, as we receive it, to be able to walk with you in a way that pleases you and bring understanding to our our minds so we can think like you. We are your children, and we want to represent you while we're here on this earth in a way that glorifies Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here as the teacher of the word. I thank you, Father, for being so faithful to send the Holy Spirit to us. And he's faithful to do what you sent him to do. And that's to make your will and your word and your truth clear to us today. In Jesus' name, can you agree with that? Say amen. Praise God. All right. Today, we're going to look at something called finding truth in information. Finding truth in information. Now, uh, my dad, you know, was, uh, he was a pastor. He started a couple churches, and he built churches that, that uh, we actually had, and so he had, and other people, but he, he liked to get in there with his hands and build. So I saw my dad pull wire. I saw him pour concrete, lay cinder blocks, bricks, um, and I, I saw him do the chippy thing, you know, with the building, and um, he, he, was, he was really handy with uh, the hammer, and somehow in my mind, and the chippies that are here can maybe correct me, but a real, uh, a good chippy can just, uh, it's a, like a three thing. It's like hit it, hit it, bam, it's gone. You know, it's just all the way in. And those can be those long nails. Uh, it was never my experience. I've actually not a, um, a three whack hammerer. <laughs> I'm more like a 20 whack hammerer. <laughs> it's like on it. It's on the thumb, it's on the side, and now the nail's bent over, and now I'm pulling it back up again, and now it came out of the hole, and now I'm putting it back in again, and then I just call Tony and say, could you please hammer this? Yeah, so, but anyway, that wasn't my dad. My dad was actually quite clever with a hammer, bam, 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 you know, and now away it went. So, um, today, in talking about truth, you know, um, Tony gave a message uh, a couple Sundays ago, about um, this the society and Christians, and there was a strong emphasis about us working together with God and truth and recognizing truth. And then Nina gave a message as well about about um, what is truth. Well, when they were giving their messages, um, I had been having um, just some real 
thoughts from the Lord and things that he had put in my heart just stirring, and they just added added more fire to it. And so we're going to uh, continue along this line of truth, although this was not it uh, was not an organized uh, theme or a um, it was not a running what do you call it a series. But anyway, it just seems as though the Lord wants us to keep looking at something, and so we're going to look together with Him. Um, information, information, and this is called finding truth in information. Information opens the curtains. An existing truth that exists, like the sun exists when you open the, the curtains in the morning, the sun is, is there. The existing truth, like the sun, can shine in to you personally or even to a collective group of people, can, can shine in actually even to a region of people. So information lets the sun in, all right? <clears throat> Now, information is something that your own senses give your brain. God hardwired and creatively designed our bodies to give our brain and feed our brain continual, um, constant information. And through our senses, Aristotle identified five senses, sight, hearing, Nose, smell, uh, smelling, taste, and feeling. However, I came across something when I was uh, looking and listening to some uh, different teaching about virtual reality and augmented reality, and they made this statement that it has been identified by um, neuroscientists that there are more senses than five. And I thought, really? And balance is one. And so I looked it up, and indeed it is true. They have identified about 20 senses. And so I thought, man, I'm glad I went to school when there were only five. Because then I only had to learn five. Now there are like 20 of them. But I looked through them, and they're quite interesting. And they, they actually feed constant information to your brain that help you to be able to interact with your environment constantly. And um, so, but there are, there are information uh, sources and channels coming to us that aren't just in your own person. They, they actually bring other information to you. So there is information coming in through the news there's information coming through doctor reports. There's information coming through stock market. There's information coming constantly through your friends, of, of opinions through friends and family, coworkers. Information, information, information. Now it's been uh, it's been an interesting thing that uh, governments can actually control groups of people. Governments or other things can control groups of people uh, by cutting off information. And we think it, it brings to, to memory uh, the Dark Ages, which the main problem wasn't just only a lack of information, but lack of information did contribute to 
the dark, what is known as the dark ages. And I looked up in, um, in Google about some of the, the silly and the horrible, actually, um, myths that were believed in the dark ages. And I've included them in the, in the notes that you can find on the website and um, and so if you just clicked on there, you could see some of them. I think there were like 42 or something of them. Horrible things that people believed, and it hurt their bodies. It hurt their, it hurt their, um, their families. It hurt everything. And and so through ignorance, ignorance. So truth is not the only thing information opens the curtains to. So with information, truth can come in, but truth is not the only thing, and it is not exclusive to what comes in when information comes in. So we could say it this way, truth does, or information does not equal truth. Information does not equal truth. And we're going to look about, let's, um, let's give an example of what we're talking about. Um, put up this picture. Let's say that this is, a, is presented on the news and it is with this particular information. Lioness eats her cub. And then as you... You just think, oh, that's awful that that lioness ate her cub. And so you start reading. There's, uh, there, is, uh, there is possibly a lack of nutrition that is in the, the grass in the places where this lioness lives. And so there's something that she is craving in her diet. And now she has gone to eating her her cubs, and this lack of nutrition is based upon and as a result of these kind of things that are happening and this kind of thing that is happening, and it just builds and builds and builds upon what we see here. And then you take that and you take this picture and you, you have lunch with friends and it becomes a, a point of conversation and you say, you know, it's just so sad. Did you know in certain parts of Africa, and you start saying it like real authoritatively, did you know that in certain parts of Africa right now, lionesses are eating their cubs? And you know why? Is because... Um, there's a lack of nutrition in the, in the grass, and now there's something that they're craving, and they're having to eat their own babies. And, and so, and it can sound like, yeah, you really know what you're talking about, until you look at the next picture. It's just not the right angle to get the truth. Because go to the first picture. That wasn't the truth. Go to the first picture. That wasn't the truth. It was information, but it wasn't truth. The second picture gave the full picture of what was going on. That lioness was not eating her cubs. She was carrying her cubs. So disinformation is an interesting word. And and Joseph Stalin coined, actually, the term, giving it a French-sounding Name to claim it had a Western origin. 
Russian use began with a special disinformation office in 1923. Disinformation was defined in Great Soviet uh, Encyclopedia in 1952 as false information with the intention to deceive public opinion. So they used it not just to target an individual, but they used disinformation or deceit to actually control a whole group of people or the whole public. But uh, disinformation, we're not going to uh, give Joseph Stalin the complete honor of disinformation because I think that Jesus gave that to the devil when he called him the father of lies. So uh, it didn't start with, it did not start with Joseph Stalin. It went all the way back to the beginning. And we're going to look at that a little bit today. Now, <clears throat> something that Nina went over when she ministered a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> she gave this verse of scripture from John eight thirty two. You shall know the truth, Jesus was talking, and what will the truth do? What will the effect of truth be? It will make you free. Can we just say that word free? Let's do it again. It will make you what? So truth and true freedom go hand in hand. But I'll ask you this. If truth makes you free, what do lies do? If truth makes you free, lies will tie you up, will bind you. And so people may not be bound physically, but because of lies that they believe about whatever, they are bound in that area. In other words, you can be, uh, you can have truth in one area and be free in one area of your life, but if you believe a lie in another area of your life, you can find yourself bound in that area. So, with the devil being the father of lies, and if those of you that are taking notes, it's John eight forty four. Jesus actually identified, he is the father of lies. He is a master crafter of deceit. It's actually foolish for, for Christians to call him stupid because it's not a very good testimony actually for yourself because if he is so stupid, then how did he deceive you so well? <laughs> it's not a very good testimony for yourself. Actually, he's not stupid. He's not stupid, except he, he shouldn't have gone against God. That was not good. That was not good. But he is a master crafter of lies. And there are people that he has deceived with lies until they have completely given themselves over to lies. Everything that they... They uh, work with everything in their reality is lie. Now, First John, the fifth chapter, you can write this down. We're not taking time to go there. First John 5, 19 says that the world lies in the control of the evil one. The whole world. 
Tony brought that up when he was ministering the other day, that there is, there is a course of this world, the kingdom of darkness. And this verse of Scripture says that that world lies in the control of evil. Now, there are many nations, but there are only two spiritual kingdoms that all the peoples in all the world are either in one kingdom or another. The kingdom of light functions with truth. The kingdom of darkness functions with lies. That's what it works with. And so, when 1 John 5, 19 says that the world lies in the control of the evil one, what it is saying is that this world and uh, the kingdom of darkness lies in the control of lies. And people in the kingdom of darkness are more and less bound, be uh, determined by, by how many lies they believe. And they're affected by different parts of, this, of the world and different nations that have responded to more and less lies. But lies are not just exclusive to people in the kingdom of darkness. Have you ever believed a lie? And you're a, you believe, you love Jesus. He's your Lord. But have you ever believed a lie? I have. I have found out when truth comes and the light comes that there have been some things that I didn't understand right. I didn't, I wasn't thinking right. And in the areas that I wasn't thinking right according to truth, then I am vulnerable to being deceived. The society and the environment of lies uh, that are in this kingdom of darkness that, that is around us and in the world that is around us does not have to control us. So aren't we thankful? If truth is what you live by, you can live in, in an environment of lies and still be free. That's wonderful. You can live in a terrible place and still personally be free. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had demonstrated when they were in the fiery furnace, uh, the fiery furnace wasn't a trampoline where somebody threw them in and they bounced back out again. No, they were in there and they, uh, the, the guards noticed that they were walking around in the fire with a fourth man. And that fourth man is, let's say his name. Fourth man is Jesus. And Jesus said about himself in John 14, I am the truth. So they were walking in fire, but because they were with the truth... <laughs> Even though it was a hostile environment, they were free. Outside of the fiery furnace was, again, another, another uh, ring of hostility in Nebuchadnezzar's court. But yet they were free. So Jesus said this in John, the 17th chapter. He said, I'm not asking you, Father, to take my people out of the world, but I'm asking you to... Uh, to deliver them and, and help them from the evil. 
that is in this world. And in that same chapter, in John 17, 17, he said, my word is truth. And so how God helps us live in this world that is made up at this, uh, this kingdom of darkness and the course of this world system functions with lies, how we can live victoriously in that is because of the truth. We can be in the world, but not have the world in us. Praise the Lord. Now, there are people in this world, though, that actually have given themselves, as I said, two lies, and they hate truth. Paul told the church in Ephesus the reason they hate truth or light is because they prefer what they're doing, which are works of darkness, and they prefer the lies that give them permission to do those things. And so they are against the truth and they are against the light. Second Timothy 3 in verse 8, Paul was telling Timothy here about some Egyptian sorcerers by the name of Jannes and Jambres who stood against Moses. And uh, this verse goes to say, so it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts standing against the truth of God. So this verse of Scripture is about the time that we are living in, and it is saying that there are people uh, through corrupt minds and arrogance heart that will stand against and resist and fight truth. Now let's look at the devil's method of, of weaving this web of lies in people's life. It started way back at his introduction and actually with his very first words in the Bible, which we find in Genesis, the third chapter, and um, in a scripture from 1 to verse 5, you can read it. The first thing that the devil says when he starts engaging people is, has God said? He immediately starts putting the truth into question. He starts spinning it. He starts skewing it a little bit. He starts moving the camera so you can't see the full picture and taking it around to the side where it only where it looks like the lioness is eating her cub. He changes it just a little bit. And what ends up happening when when that happens is darkness comes in. And why this is so dangerous, so dangerous, is that an appetite for information will draw people in with curiosity to see what else is going to be said. We see what Jesus had to say about this in Matthew, the sixth chapter and verse 22 and 23. Let's look at this verse of scripture. He said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. And when Jesus is talking about your eye, he's not talking here about your eyeball. 
And he's not just only talking about your physical body. He's talking about your understanding, the enlightenment of your understanding and comprehension. He says, he said, when your eye, your eye's like a lamp. It provides light for your whole body, your body but your life. When your eye, your understanding is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Now, this is the powerful part of this verse. It says, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? Jesus said it a little bit differently, or Luke recorded it a little bit different in Luke, the 11th chapter, in verse 35. It, this is the same uh, discourse here that Jesus is talking. And he said, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. So what the devil does, he says things in such a way that makes it seem like it's, it's fact or it's true, and people in, embrace it. And they believe it. But if it isn't true, it's worse than ignorance because people believe it. They believe lies. And he warns against that. Make sure the light that you think you have is not actually darkness. So here's the challenge in that. Subconsciously, we look to the same places for truth where we look for information. I'll say that again. Subconsciously, we look to the same places for truth that we look for information. So in other words, we're just looking for information on different things, but subconsciously, we can suppose that the information that we are receiving is truth. And truth does not equal information, or information does not always equal truth. It's not one and the same. Let me give you an example. Let's go back to the information givers of our own 20 senses. Now that we found out there's more. You can, you can decide that whatever you feel, whatever you see, whatever you smell, whatever your senses tell you, is true. But if a pilot does that, when there is cloud cover, he will crash his plane. You can't go by what you feel. It's not true. And there are, there's examples for every other kind of thing. It is uh, other, the senses. They give you information, but the information may not be truth. Let's look at this. The places that you go, places to receive information, are commonly places where people are authorized to give it. Okay. We do get information, you know, just from our friends and family and just, you know, just hearing talk, and a lot of times that's just opinion. But, uh, but... When you're, when you're going to a professional, you're looking for truth. And you are expecting that what they say is going to be true. Why? Because they've got initials behind their name that says everything out of their mouth is true. 
and you're paying good money. Not just for information, you're, you're expecting to have truth. Um, but, yeah. Just because there is a person of a position, somebody that has professor or teacher or, or doctor or lawyer, does not necessarily mean it's true. Sometimes... Sometimes those are major outlets for lies. News. You don't, when you turn the news on in your home, you aren't just thinking, tell me lies, tell me lies. You're actually turning the news on to find information, but is that information true? Is what you're hearing true? Now, let me give you an example of somebody's position that should have, uh, should have been a signal that people could look to them for truth, and that was the Pharisees. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the doctors of the law, their position gave the impression to people who came to listen to them that what would come out of their mouth was true. But Matthew 21, 22, and 23 are just quite an interesting read because Jesus was furious with them. They didn't just skew things politically. They didn't just skew things medically or in the, in the area. They skewed things about God. And Jesus said it straight. He said, you can listen to him where it has to do with the law, with what Moses is saying. But then he starts ripping into them because they were to be a conduit of truth and instead lies were coming out and they were binding, those lies were binding the people in the name of the Lord. He didn't like it. So, Tony and I, we, we talked to a lawyer this last week in the city. He was a young lawyer, and um, I found him so interesting. As he was reading the document and explaining it to me, he kept on, he kept on explaining why it was written in the way that it was, and the way that it was written was to debunk deceit or lies. He said, now, that's in here because these people try to do this. That's in here because people try to do this. That's in here because you could be deceived this way. And when he was talking, he was very clever in how he did it. When he was talking, he was so snarky. I just loved the conversation. He just was, he was just saying it as it was. And after, the, after we had our talk, I said, you know, you, you love truth, don't you? He'd, I, don't, I don't think he'd really thought about that. <laughs> I said, you do, don't you? He said, yeah. I said, that's actually why you're a lawyer, isn't it? He said, yeah. He was just a young lawyer. I said, don't let anything change your love for truth. Money, this, that, or the other. Go for truth. 
love it. Now, let's look and see what information feeds. What does it actually feed? It feeds opinions. Information that can be just even from your friends and family, just chatting, listening to the news, listening to um, professionals. It, it feeds opinions. So you, you start developing a perspective about that particular thing. Opinions, however, if they are fed, once you have some opinions and you feed those, those opinions will develop beliefs. You'll start believing it. And so instead of just saying, well, I think this and think this, it's more like this is the way it is. If beliefs are acted upon, they start making convictions. And convictions are beliefs, but they're on steroids. <laughs> they're just stronger. You've got some, a conviction about it. Convictions, when they're shared with others with the same convictions, make a cause. And causes are what people die and fight for. It's an amazing thing. Causes, causes will, get, will cause a, a man who loves his family to leave his family. Nothing else would. Nothing else would. Nothing else would. But a cause will get a man to leave his family and go fight for a cause. It's happened all down through history. People do things for causes, but it never just started with a cause. It started with an opinion that turned into and kept on escalating up. Here's the question. Is your cause based on truth? Or who, here would be the question. Is the cause that you are living for, that you are fighting for, is it truth? Is it based on truth? You don't want to fight for a lie. You don't want to fight for a mixture. You want to, you want to know the truth because lies, even if you fight for them, don't make people free. Truth makes people free. Tony gave a word last Sunday in the second service at, after um, we got offline. It was such a powerful word. But the essence of it was that the voices of this, the spirit of this world, the voices are so bombastic and so uh, assaulting, constantly coming in, coming in on you. You don't have to go about trying to find out what the world is saying. It's coming after you. That, that was the essence of that word. It was so, so strong. And it said it seems as though the word of the Lord seems so quiet. It's that still small. It seems so quiet until you come to listen to it. You choose to listen to it. You come after truth, and when you do, it starts 
it starts gaining volume. How many of you love to hear the truth that God, God has for you? You have an appetite and ears for it, even though there are other voices in the world. Let's look at then how to find. We're going to look at five things real quick on how to find the truth in information. Number one, love truth and hate lies. Proverbs 23, 23 says, embrace the truth. And remember, Jesus said, I am the truth. Embrace the truth and hold it close. Don't let go of wisdom, instruction, and life-giving understanding. Love truth. That means love truth, not just in the information givers that you are coming to, but love truth even in your own mouth. Can people trust what's coming out of your own mouth? In other words, Paul wrote it to the church and he said, don't lie. Who would, who would think that we'd have to have instruction like that, that God's people would have to have instruction to not lie? But it's not just one. Repeated time. The Bible talks us, tells us not to lie. It doesn't become a child of God. Our God cannot lie. Our Father cannot lie. There is no untruth in Him. If you ever have, a, have a, even a mixture using, using truth when you want truth and the effects of truth, but also using lies when you want to get out of something or don't want the, want the truth to be known. Let's ask the Lord to help purge our mouth so that what comes out of our mouth is true. If you identify a lie in what you say, stop. You can do this just with yourself. Identify it and say, I hate that lie. Identify it and say, that's a lie and I hate it. I love truth. You can develop an appetite and a craving and a desire for truth in your own life. Jesus is the truth. If he is truth embodied, any thought, opinion, purpose, action that leads you away from him is not truth. Anything that makes you want to pull away from God, pull away from his people, mm, Start doubting it. Number two, look for truth. Just knowing that there's more truth than maybe what we know, or maybe, maybe there's truth that I don't know. That position is, is humbling, and it humbles you into a position where you can receive truth. Ask questions. Questions aren't bad. Ask questions. You can ask questions about, about any, anything in your pursuit of truth and your desire for truth. Ask questions about God. He can take the heat. He can take the question. I think about, about Thomas. And he just so, like, crudely told his fellow disciples, he said, I'm not going to believe, not unless I can poke my finger in the hole in his hand and ram my fist up his side. 
who, who even talks like that? And yet, when he came in the room, Jesus didn't say, you know what, Thomas, you stink. <laughs> you're so disgusting. Go away. And besides that, you're mean. That was a mean thing to say. He didn't. You know what he did? He reached his hand out. He said, you want to poke? Poke. You want, you want, you want clarity? Okay, put your fist up my side. <laughs> Jesus didn't recoil from questions that people might even say in a mean way. You know what, guys? If people have questions that are pokey where God is concerned, let's represent Jesus in this instead of saying, whoa, let's not do that. Let's, let's not misrepresent Jesus. There could be people that have genuine questions, but it comes off kind of mean. Have you ever heard anybody like that? Let's look at another one. Number three, use the truth filters. The truth has a double filter. Number one, the word. John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Whatever you are hearing, whatever you are experiencing, whatever your senses are telling you, whatever information is coming to you, filter it through the sieve of the word, the strainer of the word. The second one is filter it through the spirit of truth in you. John, First uh, John 2, 20 and verse 27 as well says you have an unction, you have an anointing in you. I don't care how people sound like they know and they're authoritative. Go by here. Look in here. The spirit of truth lives right in here. And there'll be a, like, a, like something is off. You may, not have to, you may not understand exactly why something is off. You may not have all the details of why it's off. But pay attention in here. And instead of swallowing everything that is information, if something is off right here, put a question mark on it and back off from it. If there's truth in it, the Lord will bring it around again and bring clarity to it. Now, let's look at the fourth one. Look in the right places for truth. There could be the Holy Spirit starts saying, you know, you're coming up with some lies in your life. It's because you're, you're, you're eating some garbage. Stop eating that. Let me get, put this picture up. Can you find food in the rubbish? People do. Can you find truth food in some rubbish that we put in our eyes or in our ears? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe some kind of a morsel. But listen if the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? Don't go to the garbage dump to find your food. There's places for, for truth. Look at it. Yeah. You don't have to pick and choose so much. You just only have to decide which flavor. But you don't have to pillage through the rubbish. Number five. 
Once I find truth, what am I going to do? I'm telling you, truth is confronting. There's some things I wish I never found out because, I mean, I do. Okay, I do. But man, truth is confronting. One verse of scripture I saw that really confronted me had to do with without pride, there is no contention. That means if I get, if I'm ticked off at something, I move the gaze off of what you did is making me mad. And by that verse, I realize, okay, what kind of pride issue do I have happening right here? I wish I wouldn't have found that verse, but I did. It really helps our relationship. (laughs) It makes you humble. What are you going to do when you find truth? Maybe you have to act like it's true. Act like it's true in the way that I talk, act, choose, give, and spend my money. And vote. Find truth and let your life represent truth. And truth is not just the standard is God. We're going to pray a prayer together. Can we just do this prayer together before we go? Say it out loud. Pray this prayer. Teach me more about you, how you work, and how you move, so that I can walk onward in your truth until everything within me brings honor to you. We sang part of the song we sing I I give my whole life to honor this love you can't honor that love outside of just a song to worship your life cannot honor that love outside of truth you can't honor a God of truth by acting in lies that's why I love this prayer and I put some other prayers in the notes that you can find on the website pray that God leads you into truth was one of Paul's main prayers that he prayed for whole churches. That they would know that their eyes would be uh, open to truth. We're going to pray today. Um, I want to pray for you. I'd like you just to close your eyes right now. Can you put your hand on your chest? Dear Heavenly Father, We're children. You're your children. We've been born again. We've been bought with a price. And you've told us to glorify God in our spirit and our bodies, which are yours. Father, I am asking as a church family that you lead us into truth. Lead us away from lies. Expose things that have bound us things that we have walked in and responded in because we didn't know it was a lie. Turn the light on it. In Jesus' name, I know he's going to do it. I know in this next week there's going to be different explosions of light. You're going you're gonna to see, oh, that isn't true. That isn't true. Oh, Father God, as we go from here today, let this prayer continue to echo in our heart. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Jesus, that we may give glory to you. 
Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands up to the truth? That's him. It's not just what. Truth. Jesus. We honor you. We honor truth. Lead us in it. Lead us in it. Amen. Now, I want to also have us pray. We're going to pray for Victoria, uh, the state of Victoria. And my heart was just like with compassion for them. Uh, I, I love that God has really helped Queensland. You know, we're, we've done well. But, oh, God, help Queen, uh, help Victoria. Can we do that? Every time I've said Victoria in the last couple days, between me and the Lord, I keep on seeing victory. We're to have victory in Victoria. Amen. And um, so I'm going to just uh, lead a prayer. And then if you could just agree with, with me, could you just reach your hands out uh, and as a demonstration of, yes, we're praying together in this. Father God, we lift up the state of Victoria. And the word that came up in my heart this morning was suff- suffocated. There's something is trying to suffocate or drive it and oppress it and we're praying today, Father, as the Rama Church family gathered as an ecclesia, as a legislating body, that you strengthen the body of Christ in Victoria. Strengthen believers there. Encourage them. Fresh strength that they stand up and with words of faith and authority bring a shift in in Victoria in the name of Jesus. Can you agree with me on that? We bring a shift and that the the coronavirus, the corona, uh, which means crown, does not get the crown. Jesus is the Lord and we declare his lordship. Hallelujah. Corona does not get to win in Victoria. Jesus gets to win and have victory in Victoria in Jesus' precious name. Let's lift up our hands and just thank him along that line. Thank you, Father. Thank you for helping the believers in Victoria. And now, Father, I pray also for every person who is watching and everyone that is in this room, all of us in this room. And I ask you, Father, that if there's anyone that is listening, who has never embraced Jesus, the truth, has never embraced him, that today is the day of salvation. Come to him. Give your life to him. He's given his for you. Now give him yours. He invites you. He invites you to know the truth, to know him, and he makes you free. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brahma.org.au.